Would you care to step outside? What did you do to this? Superman. What's wrong with you? Who are you? The lasso of Hastech. Warning, DC and RMD contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Awesome. Oh, sorry. That's your signal. That means we have to go now. All right. Hello. Welcome, everyone, to DC on RMD. This is the Superman and Lois edition. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search DC on RMD. I am Michael Flores, your host. And with me in the studio to discuss the season finale is David and Steve. Hello. What's up? Hello. Okay, so finale time. We're going to be talking about the 15th episode of season one, The Last Sons of Krypton. Not quite sure what that title means. It could mean a few different things. Are we talking about the fact that Hal Rose survived? Are we talking about Superman and his son? Are we talking about all three? Are we talking about Superman and Talro? <laughs> There's it's a lot of vague. different. The, yeah. the title is very, very vague when it comes to this episode. Yeah. What exactly does that mean? We've made it to the end of the very first season of Superman and Lois, a show that I'd say most of us had little faith in prior to its premiere. And yet it has been A wonderful surprise. There's been some minor bumps, mostly during the third quarter, I'd say, of the season. That's when it started. Yeah. Evened out a bit. But overall, the season was written well. It's really taken actors like Tyler Hoechlin and Elizabeth Tulak up to new levels. Absolutely, yeah. This this has to get them even more work down the road. I can't imagine how it would not. Yeah, yeah, it has to, Steve. It absolutely has to, because these are two actors that were on two other genre shows that had very big following. Tyler Hoechlin was part of, what was that MTV show? It was actually pretty good for several seasons. Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. He was one of the oh. main characters in that, and he was really good in that. He's yeah, probably he the best part. And then Elizabeth Tulak was in Grimm, one of the main actors in that. They both did decent work. But this is definitely going to be their claim to fame. Was that her big uh, show up to that point? Or I guess both of their big shows? I mean, I think with her. Both of their breakthrough, breakout. But but she had done some more work prior to Grimm compared to Tyler and and him on Teen Wolf, right? Yes. yes. But I would say Tulak, I think her breakout role was Grimm. Yeah. It had to be Grimm. Yeah. Because, like, for. for Because it was hugely successful. Really? Yeah. The show was hugely successful. Yeah. Grimm lasted many, many seasons. What? She was there. What network was that on? Uh, NBC. It was pretty good, too. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Really? It was a a supernatural series that. Highly underrated. Okay. I think it's highly underrated. Well, if, if she didn't get the eyeballs on her work from that that she deserved she certainly is getting them from this show oh absolutely i mean i mean in this season alone she showed a lot of maturity just as an actor if you are familiar with her work you compare her from grim to this it's a completely different actor you know i agree because her work in grim was adequate it wasn't bad and it wasn't necessarily groundbreaking she did a good job with what she was given 
Yeah. With without knowing what her character role was on that show, do you think that could have possibly been because of what this character was? Is this more grounded in a reality that might be more familiar to her as as potentially a, a mother, a wife? Um, Possibly, I, I think so because like the, or the, maybe this role speaks to her. Like there it are, could be. Yeah, yeah. I mean. We know as actors, you know, not as actors, like we are actors, but we know through discussing all of these different shows and reviewing and just being involved with the things that we do, we know that different projects speak to actors in different ways. And this may be something that she just really connected with. I mean, but also if you just take it even further and you look at the writing of this series, the writing of the series is very different than any super superhero or geek show we've ever seen because at its high points we've gotten some really stellar moments in the writing and in the story and the narrative especially with Lois where you would expect that type of scene to be in a movie and not in a TV show well i said it to mike the other day the, the opening um couple of minutes of this episode her performance is perfection perfection as as, as a as a wife to her husband as a a uh, a mother to her husband you know basically saying bring back my baby oh my god dude, like that was cool. heart-wrenching and utmost realism in that performance and you know we've said it before i'll say it again she should receive some kind of nomination for something i don't care what i just hope it's not a razzie because that would be bullshit well it, it's amazing what she's she's been able to do with the character of lois to Go from a very strong-willed, very strong female character to all of a sudden this vulnerable mother. That that scene that you were talking about, where she just looks at Clark and says, "Bring back my baby." Yeah, and she and she's had emotional moments throughout this season, multiple times. Whether it was to the kids, to to Clark, to her dad, um, all over the place. I mean, that scene that scene with her and Jordan. When she goes diving into Jordan's mind, yeah, that tore me. That tore at my soul. Just watching her go through that, and it it felt so realistic as a parental figure. Yeah, to be talking to their child. She knocked it out of the. Park. She knocked it out of the park. Well, it's not just the overly melodramatic moments either. That's something that. I'm not against it. I'm a big Shakespearean fan. I love the tragedy that people put into shows. Over the last 15 years or so, television, because it's veered into more of a cinematic tone, higher quality writing, higher Mm -hmm. higher quality production, we have gotten away from things that are a little more lighthearted and everything's very doom and gloom now. And I'm not saying acting is easy. I'll never say acting is easy. However, sadness is sometimes easier for people to perform sadness and being a bad guy. Um, Brian Cranston said that Brian Cranston, when he was being blown for his performance as Walter White, which he should, it's an amazing performance, but he said, and he's being the humble actor, but he said, listen, he's all, I don't want to talk bad about acting ever. And I appreciate everyone that is telling me how great I've done, but bad guy roles are easy roles. He's all, give me a straight arrow character. Those are hard to do because they don't get the 
the accolades that people throw at them. Say, oh my God, what a performance. No one says, oh my God, this played such, this guy plays such a good guy. No one does that. Oh, people always gravitate to the person that plays the gray character, the anti-hero, or the villain. And something that Elizabeth Tulock has done all season, and it's not just the melodramatic roles that she does well in in this show. There are moments of intensity that are just more naturalistic to life when she's talking to her husband, just about things in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's not just the moments of melodrama where she performs, which she does do fantastic in those in those moments. But it's just the overall array of acting that she just knocks out the park pretty much in every single episode. Well, and and just to actually add on to your point too, I mean, like take that. And now we look at Tyler. Tyler did a fantastic job in this episode. I think he had probably for me, two of the best acting moments in this episode. He had the monologue of Superman talking to the people about being Kryptonian, which was fantastic. And then there was the, the the scene that actually got me to tear up a little with the family around the tree and he's putting Jarrell to rest. And he talks mm-hmm. about how, you know. Practically it was a rock. Yeah. I mean, his it, father died it, a long time ago. His father died a long time ago. <laughs> but the way that it affects. Rocks. The way it means to that character, to yeah. Clark. Yeah. That, that, and if you put it into perspective, we started the whole series with Clark losing his mom. And then we end the series with him losing his dad and having to put his dad to rest. So, it's a great bookend. Yeah. And so now he is the last son of, of Krypton, Krypton and the last son of Kent. Kent. And it, maybe that should have been the title. That it would have been less vague. The last son <laughs> of Krypton, Krypton and the last son of, of Kent. Kent. Yeah. And but do like, the ellipsis afterwards. That <laughs> that moment showed Tyler's absolute range as an actor. Yeah, and that goes right back to what I said about the straight arrow characters. They don't they don't get credit. And yet it actually is very hard to play a character that's not naive because this was not the typical Superman we get sometimes that's uh, that is just overly naive. Just good, just good, spirited, and a good person. Mm-hmm. And he also just really knocked it out of the park all season, not just in this episode, all season long. I mean, Tulak is easily one of the best portrayals of Lois Lane that I've ever witnessed. Tyler's boyish charms match Tulak's intensity. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect match. Yeah, it is. And if anyone can say, if we can say anything about this show, the entire first season, they nailed it when it comes to Superman and Lois. Yeah, the casting was amazing. So whoever was the casting director on that should get a raise. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, that being said, let's discuss the finale. Uh, the writers were able to bring a level of closure to elements that we had discussed in our last episode. We had questions. How yes. can they possibly bring closure to everything that's been started and somewhat left open? You know, bringing the entire myth arc of season one to an end with tidbits of leftovers that are no doubt the seeds for next season because they did why they did do an adequate job wrapping up the bulk of what they had started and the things that they did not they expanded on slightly because those are going to be the things the foundation for a season two I'm sure for example let's start with the simplest and move our way through. Uh, Lana Lane and her family have managed to come out the other side of the craziness looking much better than they did prior. Yes. Uh, With the DOD coming clean with the truth and the Smallville Gazette 
that's the name of the paper, right? Yeah. 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 Smallville Gazette reporting. I would say, what were they reporting that the town was under large scale threat, which actually united them Yes, when they needed to be, which I think is a strong statement about journalism and also government integrity and the importance of telling truth. Because look what happened when he actually came clean. Yeah. The town became unified and fought together to defend themselves and their town. And their town. It's almost like there's some kind of subtle message being huh? sent out into the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this ended with Lana exchanging a glance with the mayor that felt like she was saying, I'm coming for you. This is something we've been talking about now for the last couple episodes, that in order for Lana to remain relevant in the show, they're going to have to take her character down a very different path next season. And because they have made it a point to continually say that she's the heart of Smallville. Now that Martha Kent has passed on, it does feel like, especially with that ending, when the mayor and her both, you know, stared each other down in those waning minutes, it does seem like that is exactly what they will do next year. Maybe those yeah. were sexy eyes stare down. Oh, yeah, because that mayor, he's he, he better get it. <laughs> He'll send Kyle away. Kyle does need to go away. He should have died in that fire. I Whoa. thought he was. No, going, I thought that was going to be his no. heroic moment at yeah. the, during that whole scene. I thought that that's how this was going to play out. Yeah, he was going to run in there. It would have been very cliche, nah. but I thought he was going to run in there backdraft style and not come out. You and, go, we go. Yeah, and what was what was hilarious to me was. You know, we see these buildings on fire getting destroyed and people are trying to get out and his dumb ass is telling his family, go inside, get safe. And it's like you're about to run into one building to save somebody that's in a fire and you're telling your family. Well, remember, Steve, remember, Steve, Kyle is not very smart. No, Kyle's not very smart. And that's why he should have died in the fire. (laughs) And And then Irons, you know, he could slide right in. I'd love to see him hook up with Lana. I'd be thought, like, oh, yeah, Clark, look who I'm with now. I can't get Lois Lane, but I can get Lana. I thought when, you know, they have that one moment where Kyle, like, Sarah yells for her father, and you'd just see him emerge carrying someone yeah. from the fire. I thought you would be happy about that. <laughs> no, I was like, eh, hey, well. No. <laughs> he wanted him to burn in a, a blaze. A yeah. blaze. <laughs> Sarah and Jordan are officially an item. Yeah. And judging on Sarah's observational skills, she's probably going to figure out Superman's identity next season or in the coming seasons because of that glance over at Superman and Lois talking. And I'm glad they did that because I was thinking, is everyone stupid? Superman (laughs) and Lois are always talking in the background. Either my mind's going to go in two directions. Either... She's, you know, she's right and dirty with Superman behind Clark's back or Superman's Clark. No, 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 no. Because they're always in this intimate setting talking yeah. very closely. It's, it's Superman's secret superpower. He basically right. makes everyone oblivious to him. <laughs> Listen, that whole idea, I... I glasses? I can, no glasses. It's never quite worked with me, but I understand the idea. Uh, I believe Supergirl season one, actually, of all shows actually made me finally okay with that concept the way they explained how when you're a regular person the idea that this person is beyond the normal that they are super just doesn't compute doesn't compute when you see this person day in day out i vaguely recall around the same time as that uh that 
episode you're referring to, Mike, I vaguely recall an article I read where there was some science, uh, scientific study done around that. Yeah, no, that's and, actually true. And, and that is surprising. As much as we think that we would be able to pick somebody out, it's surprising that something as simple as a pair of glasses can throw everybody can off. throw everyone off. We're just dumb apes at the end of the day. <laughs> like Kyle. Like Kyle. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So Jordan finds his purpose by being strong enough to help rescue his brother. I do love their bond and strength. Yeah, that, that's been a, a highlight for the entire season for those two characters. And that's why that moment when Jordan almost kills John... And, like, it finally breaks through to him and everything. That was actually a really cool kind of solidification of what we've been seeing throughout the entire uh, season is, like, Jordan or John is always protecting Jordan no matter what. Yeah. And that's his point. And that's what I like because I feel like his entire story has been about building to that point. Like, sure, we can say, well, that's what he's been doing all year, kind of being his brother's cheerleader, being his rock, his pillar of strength. But it became very clear in this episode. That is his point in this show. He is the strong pillar in his family. Him and Lois both. He's probably specifically for his brother. I think, you know, if you look back on the arc of the entire season, um, he's just become more solidified in his role as as the caregiving brother. He always had that. Yeah. It just it just strengthened over time. Whereas if you look back on where Jordan was in the first episode to now, the the growth as a character that he's seen, not just because he got superpowers, but he was a sniveling, whiny, yeah. Yeah. bitchy little bastard that wow. you're kind of like. I don't know if I even like you. If you yeah. And and now he's he's kind of started to come into his own. Um, he's, yeah. He's had to. That's a good point. You're talking about Jordan, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, Jordan. Um, yeah. Jordan. Well, the thing about Jordan. I've struggled with Jordan all season as well. Like, I like him, but if it it feels like his character is only as good as Jonathan. Like, they need each other mm, yes. in order for him to be likable. Well, then, and, and listen, that's fine. Dynamic writing like that, where you combine characters to make ultimately one character, I mean, that's done all the time in TV. So I do like that they are consolidating characterization and character yeah. development by essentially working on two characters that become one, which isn't that the idea of the Super Sons anyways. They're almost like this unseparable character, unit. essentially. Yeah. yeah. And unit, yeah, I like that choice of word better. I don't like the word unit. unit. <laughs> but like also the part the part that we briefly mentioned in the very beginning was that moment with Lois telling her son how strong he truly was. It actually changed my outlook on Jordan because when you think about it, in the very beginning, he starts as a very antisocial, you know, has quote unquote mental health issues. Oh yeah, big time, yeah. And in actuality, Lois is right. Here's all that. Yeah. <laughs> but Lois, Lois is right. I mean, like he was being sent to therapy. He was being told something is wrong with you. You have to go see a doctor to do it. And in a lot of ways, you know, it bringing that, bringing that forward and basically telling him, no, you've been the strongest out of all of us kind of changed my outlook on Jordan because I'm like, going, well, wait, you know, I can actually, I, I, I started understanding the character. More. He's been tempered in shit 
for a long time. And so going into the next season, having lived what he's lived through, it's going to be really interesting if he's truly going to grow out of even the, the events of this final episode. Yes. Let alone everything that led up this to, to that point in this season. Um, will he become even more, uh, I don't want to say powerful, but will he become more central in that Jonathan Jordan dynamic where he kind of eclipses uh, his brother, his brother, because the one thing that we've always been saying is John has to grow out of just being Jordan's brother. And we've seen it in in bits and pieces, especially what I don't, his, do, do you think he needs to, though? I mean, I feel like that combination works like that. It, it, it does work. It but, works. But what if, you know, going to season two, that kind of flip flops a little bit. It flip flops or imagine, Mike, if we just have that. I don't like always. when it flip flops a little bit. But if you, <laughs> but if we always have that. And it never changes. Oh, oh yes, you're would, right. No, would, we need it get dull after a while. No, you're right. We need we need you know evolution of evolution characters. of characters. Yeah. No, so you're I mean, right. Like, keep keep the dynamic going. Yes, we know that that's their starting point right now. Mm-hmm. But now you can add more to the character. Like I I actually want them to delve more into John, kind of becoming like. In the if we know if you get, if you guys notice he's been really techy with uh yeah. John Henry Irons yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like he does have a gift he does he might have a power so to speak with tech well yeah. that's what's and interesting work. he's always been the jock of the family the jock of the family and, and here and- he's learned this whole new we've learned along with him this whole new side of this character where he's very smart and, and yeah. capable and, and I, I'm sorry that one scene with. John Henry Irons when he goes, this is all the stuff that I borrowed out of your truck. And John's just like looking going, really? <laughs> well, what a terrible, like, what what a horrible message for gun violence. Like so, someone just walked in there, took all of his guns, a 14-year-old. What happened to the AI that was protecting the RV? Oh, well, yeah. We, well, we know that the AI is very irritating to Henry, John Henry Irons yeah. by the end. Yeah. yeah. So all of that. All those things that we talked about over the last couple episodes, how are they going to wrap it up? They they wrapped it up very neatly, I might add. That being said, all the little stuff, in my opinion, has been wrapped up in a satisfying manner. The biggest problems, unfortunately, and I've been grappling with this for several days now, mm-hmm. is how they brought the eradicator situation to a close as well as the last minute irons reveals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the yeah. writers went to great lengths to build the groundwork for this eradicator scenario only to have it resolved in one episode. One episode and it almost it went out with what I would say is a fizzle. It to Absolutely me it was anticlimactic in every sense. We've had much greater uh, stress and anxiety while watching some of the previous episodes yeah. with Superman fighting him. Yes, there, there was none of that in this episode. Where was that tension that we had? None. I, didn't we blow that all season? Oh my God, this show, those last five minutes really builds that suspense up every single episode. And then in the episode where you should have all that, we didn't get none oh, of that man. true suspense. Yeah. It was emotional. We had the emotional moments with you know Lois and Jordan and um, and all of that, but ultimately, when it comes to the Eradicator itself, 
we finally got the Eradicator in live action form. This is what we've been talking about all season. Yeah. Well, since we knew we were going in this direction and we had a maybe for one full episode, you build this threat with all the appropriate plot points and use the narrative to create this web of possibilities. Excuse me. Uh, that create this web of possibilities. And it all came off as, as you said, Steve, a fizzle, a bit anticlimactic. It, it just, it, yeah, it fizzled. It was just done. We, we, we had more, there was more tension and more, um, more interest, I think, from my perspective, when we were dealing with the Eradicator as a device and, and the fallout of every character getting changed, there was more shit going on when it was just a mechanical device than when it was actually embedded as part of him yeah. where he could change anybody. And then when he finally changes, you know, a handful of these military soldiers, um, they went out pretty easy relative to any of the previous Kryptonian. Well, especially since they build them up too, because remember they, they were saying like, Oh, this is the war council, war council. The war council. Yeah, these, yeah. Were, these were supposed the to be the, council. the, defense the council. baddest of the badasses of Krypton allegedly. Now, and they went down so easily. Now I understand. I understand that. Uh, I understand that uh, your point there, Mike, with the, how it fizzled. Mm-hmm. The only thing that, was a positive for me out of the eradicator is the fact that they didn't remove him off the board. Right. I was going to get there. Yeah. Because like it would have been really a fizzle if they killed him off. Right. If Talro was gone, but the, the feeling that I got left with after I, I'll be honest, I'm like you guys at first I was like, Oh man, this kind of fizzled out really quickly. However, then I, my brain started thinking, I go, well, Talro's still around. I don't think it's done yet. He got knocked out by a Dollar General Mjolnir. Come on. (laughs) Now, trying really hard not to. I don't like talking about shows and reviewing shows based on what I want or what I would have done because I'm not the writer of the show. I can only judge it based on what they have given us. But wouldn't you guys agree? Now, let me backtrack just a second. Now, typically when you write television, the penultimate episode is really that episode that should hit. Yes. And a lot of times the final episode is where you wrap things up. I So that's what they did. They could have given us a little more intensity, though. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Oh, yes. However, yes. let's go back to that penultimate episode. I feel like the season would have been. Would have ended much stronger if we ended with Jordan being taken. He says, I love you. Boom. Show's done. Oh, I agree one hundred percent. That would have been yeah. the best way to that's, move into season two, and people would have been shitting best. themselves. That, For, that's a better you. You're left with a better feeling than what you what. Honestly, what we all got at the end of this for the for the next five months. People would have been sitting there four and some change, whatever it works out. People yeah. would have been sitting there waiting, wondering what happened to Jordan. What's going to happen next season? You didn't have to necessarily wrap up the big bad in season one. It would have given people something to really salivate over mm-hmm. and wanting for season two. And you're right. They, uh, Steve, they didn't need to wrap up the the obvious big bad, which ended up being the eradicator. Because when you think about it, the show kind of already wrapped up the eradicator situation, the actual eradicator machine and the threat that it presented to Smallville in the world, that was that was concluded. They could have wrapped that up and allowed the Eradicator himself to do whatever. Kidnap Jordan, 
boom, the show ends. And now we're left with that, that classic season finale cliffhanger. I, I feel like they were in a weird position because this is Superman. And I feel like a lot of what they want to do is based on the family dynamic. And if they would have done that, would it have contradicted how Superman is supposed to be presented as optimistic? So maybe that's the reason why they had thought in that writing room, well, let's actually give some type of, you know, ending that feels good and leave that family alone. Well, especially, right. especially if you care that they carried on the theme of family when Tal Rowe looks at Cal and basically tells him, I just wanted to have a family and, or I, I just wanted my brother. And then basically Cal makes the comment that, well, you, you you could have had one. yeah you yeah. could have had one and, and I'm with you Mike having us not been able to be in the writers room obviously it almost makes me wonder if they also needed to wrap it up from the standpoint of maybe they did not know every, every writers room and every show production is is going to hope for another season yeah that's true but I know what you're with, yeah. without knowing hey is this going to pan out we we have a, a kind of a plan for x number of episodes what you don't want to have happen is a series get canceled on such a cliffhanger and then it never get any closure yeah uh, yeah i understand so, all right so that's one way of looking at all of this in a negative light i i i suppose the other way and if you look at it this way then the show comes off smelling like roses this is a family-oriented drama. It has been that since the beginning. The emphasis will be on the melodrama. And when it comes to the emotional highs, they did succeed. Lois going inside the mind of Zeta Rowe to save Jordan, exemplifying her strong constitution and her determination to protect her family. John as a character was validated by reducing... Uh, I should say by protecting his brother and his mother, General Lane, putting away his military days to presumably be a better father and grandfather, a better family man. Superman succeeding in protecting his loved ones and preserving the image of Superman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lana and Kyle managing to become Smallville's pillars of strength. Everyone's personal characterizations are intact as well as their personal arcs and all highlights. Family. Mm-hmm. So if you look at it from that perspective, the show succeeded. This is a family-oriented drama. Yeah. And that's what I was able to come come away with after watching the episode twice and waiting a few days before we reviewed and discussed because I wanted to go back and really dig into the episode and see what they're trying to do. And they chose to focus on what the show is really about, which is family, and that's why they probably let the eradicator thing die, die the way it did, or at least they defeated him the way they did. Yes. And and I agree. I think that sums it up nicely. But my question would be, will the average viewer walk away with that same taste in their mouth that, that you just did? Tough part. Yeah, probably not Steve, because most of us have now been accustomed to getting a certain type of television, especially from the DC side, especially for superhero shows, especially yeah. from superhero shows. Yeah. And also the fact that 
you know, we're not dealing with just a CW audience anymore when it comes to Superman. We're dealing with instant HBO Max. I believe this will be in a, in its entirely entirety on um, HBO Max by next week. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. So wow, that, See, it's that a different audience, segment. Yeah. that audience may not be keen on that ending. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't see a lot of complaints online so far. That's I see good. a lot of people actually saying positive things about the first season. So perhaps people did understand that this is a Superman story and perhaps Superman stories should end like this. We'll see. Were you, so as I was watching those final moments Mm -hmm. and the Jarvis AI or whatever the hell her (laughs) name is inside John Henry's helmet said that there's a, an object coming in and it's flying in. Did either of you get a small glimmer of hope that we were going to see cyborg Superman open up and come out of that little space vessel. I, you know what I thought? I thought it was going to be bad Superman. Same I was here. Like, Holy shit. He found a way to cross. That's over. what I was thinking. I was thinking that basically that the evil Superman was going to cross over. Yeah. Which, because then you would have Clark versus Clark. <laughs> you always want to fly can't now's your chance i love it love it good great pull there and i mean like as a comic book fan i think that would have been cool if they brought in cyborg superman at this point it's the, it was the only missing element it's the only missing element of the one thing that yeah i mean we the three of us have agreed with in the past but where would he have come episodes from well that to, this is a retelling of the, yeah. the reign of superman well to david's point we we really don't know what fully happened in the aftermath of John Henry's Earth. Yes, and maybe uh, th- that Superman was injured and needed to be and reconstructed, to be re- reconstructed, and was coming after John to finish the job. Listen, yeah. anything's possible at this point, and I would be open to it if they do that. I have a feeling that they're not going to stop pulling from that era. Yeah, I agree. Of no. Superman storytelling. Because, because there's so much that you can pull. And it's an era that's not really utilized in television Absolutely or movies. Mm-hmm. So it's it's ripe for the picking. Now, you touched on something that didn't sit well with me, Steve, as well. Yeah. Iron's story, in my opinion, came to this beautiful sad end. Yes. Yes. He was given his second chance to save the world, and he succeeded. And how the writers essentially you know, gave Irons the opportunity to even say goodbye to his wife through Lois. Yeah. In those last few minutes of the show, I was thinking this is perfect. This is so fucking sad and so perfect. What an origin Origin story story. for this character. Yeah. It was powerful. I got like chills because it was just so good. But then they decided (laughs) at the last minute to have his daughter show up in a spaceship. Somehow she survived. And this is the one decision I can't get behind for a lot of reasons. 100%. The fizzling of the Eradicator, I can shrug and say this is a show about family. Yes. And I guess you can say the same thing about the daughter showing up. But I felt like there could be a lot of other ways they could continue that family theme. Look what Iron said to Lois. I'm thinking of going seeking out my sister. My sister again. in this universe. You know, so just to keep it simple, you literally undermine Irons' character development by reintroducing the very the very element that his character's foundation was built on. The, the character's yeah. literary genetic makeup is built on the loss of his daughter 
and wife. Yeah, yeah, the loss of his world. That was his drive. His drive was to, you know, make amends and get vindication for their deaths. And, and, and it, you rip that away from yeah, his characterization. Completely take, take it, it away. I mean, he still lost his wife, and you could say, well, Lois is kind of his wife, but that's also kind of the problem because now his, his daughter has shown up, and now we have to rehash everything that we dealt with with, with John, John for the Lois, daughter. For the daughter. Now, yeah. this is a big problem. With the CW, these types of things, they do this type of stuff all the time. Oh, it veers the flash. It veers heavily into the soap opera style writing, where characters die, but they always find a way to come back. And the DC on the CW is even worse than typical CW shows because they have the excuse of multiverse. the multiverse, and they just bring characters back, and they end up just undermining everything they've done. Just like an arrow, one of the yes. things that just rolled my I rolled my eyes so far was the death of Laurel, which was very impactful to Oliver, and yep. it was sad, and I yep. didn't want it to happen, but it happened, and it worked for his motivation moving into the fo- uh, into the following season, and then they find a way to bring her back, and she essentially assumes the identity of that character. Of that she character. becomes the exact same character. And you're just left shrugging, thinking, why would you fucking do that? You're undermining your own yes. writing. It makes no sense. It, it almost makes you wonder if they're hi- like they're, there's there's some hiring being done in the writer's room where they're pulling from people that have worked on Days of Our Lives. And they're, they're, they basically <laughs> no, go, there, wait there a minute, are, actually. You need, oh, you, need the, you need the shocking twist. The family member from another galaxy shows up. A lot of the writers in Vancouver are soap opera writers as well. And they cross streams quite a bit. Same thing with the actors. Many of the CW actors are actually soap actors. That's why a lot of these shows veer so heavily into the melodramatic. Arrow, the showrunner for Arrow, the final four years, was actually the showrunner of a soap. Yeah. So Mm. there's your... Your answer, Steve. I've smelt a turd in this punch bowl, and it turned out there was one. (laughs) Yeah, so that being said, I will wait to see what they do with it before I scream foul ball completely from the rooftops. (laughs) I will wait. Yeah. So let's talk about what they could do with all of the ending moments, the literary plants that were set into motion during those waning moments. Number one, and this is a big one, and it was subtle, and I'm not sure if everyone picked up on it, but there's got to be a point when you have something like this set up or stated within the final minutes of an episode. The trust that the world has in Superman was questioned due to the threat being a Kryptonian. Yes. Chrissy Beppo bringing the hard hitting questions. How will this affect the way others view you? I have a feeling that's going to play a part next season. Oh, easily. Mm. Especially since, you know, Clark comes out and says he can't control right. how other people feel. He can only control himself. Which is an important message for everyone to hear. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> I will say this show or this episode does have some strong statements it that does. I can get behind in yeah. the ways of ideology. Uh, number two. The Natalie situation does have the potential to be interesting. I know you guys said it felt a little bit like it could go into the areas of regurgitation, but if done correctly, it it can be interesting. If executed correctly, she can be used to really take the Lois and Jordan equation to the next level. We saw how both of them reacted to to the situation early on. 
it deeply affected them, specifically Jordan oh, as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, also, what news will she bring from her world? Will the bad Superman and the Kryptonians follow her? Follow her. Number three, Leslie Lar and Tal Rowe are both still alive. Number four, Lana as mayor could happen. And number five, Sarah possibly figuring out the Kent family secret. Those are the top five yeah. potential aspects for season two. Is there anything you guys can possibly add to that list or do you agree with that? I, I agree. And I, I think if, look, if Oswald Cobblepot could become mayor, <laughs> then Lana could be mayor. <laughs> oh, easily. And also, you know, I agree with the list completely, Mike. I mean, the only thing that dawned on me is like, I was thinking about this as where are they going to take this universe from here on out? Because it feels like this is the start, you know, like Arrowverse is done. They they, it, they yeah, basically it's, said that it's done. You're it's right. done. So now it's time to start up well, what's a left? new era of the CW TV, which is Superman. Dave, just for context for our listeners, what's left of the Arrowverse? Supergirl's done this season. Yep. Yes. Legends is not really even in the Arrowverse. They're just all over the map. And well, Flash got renewed for one more season, did it not? I believe so. And the Flash is a complete disaster. Yeah. A total disaster. A complete disaster. So we have, of this new era, we have Stargirl and Superman. And Superman. And the one thing that I felt like, okay, they could start something fresh and new starting next season is setting up for Steel. A steel series because I would like to before the net before the net reveal. Mm -hmm. I really was I I really was wanting to see steel walk the earth walk the earth yeah. or even <laughs> you know right. like the, there was an idea that I thought about because especially when Superman Clark basically tells him that this is where I am There's, I'm staying in Smallville right and as everyone knows every single place needs its superhero so the I, the thought process to me was when john told lois i can't stay in smallville i pictured him going to metropolis and becoming metropolis's new champion hmm. and it would make sense because you know every quote-unquote superhero city has to have its, it's main hero. superhero yeah. the, the issue and, i have though is with him sticking around but he wouldn't He'd move to Metropolis at that point. I don't care where on earth he sticks around. Um, he's eventually going to run into his doppelganger. What problems would that he cause? Is it Irons? You're talking about Steel, right? Irons? I thought his doppelganger died in this world. I thought so too. Didn't he, wasn't I, he killed four years prior or something like that? I don't recall. Remember yeah, that? I think he might be dead. I think he okay, might be then dead. I, then I can retract that statement. He, if he decides because to visit him at the cemetery, perhaps, he'll be like, hello. Because you got to remember, irons. he was very open Other to visit, visiting <laughs> the, his sister in this realm because yeah, and he you probably don't knew that. What a trip. Yeah, you don't think hey, that would I'm alive. fuck her up mentally? Let's not do that, <laughs> dude. Like, don't pour salt in an in a open wound or a wound that may be healed. Healed. Yeah. But like... You so, so you're thinking that you, you're, are you saying you would want this or you think this is going to be a thing? No, this is what I would like oh. for a possibility Yeah, is you open the door for a lot of storytelling for John Henry Irons in Metropolis, away from Smallville, away from Superman. I don't disagree. Um, I only uh, disagree with the timing. Because 
I feel like Steele has a lot to do on this show still. They have now embedded him into the show's myth, the mythos of Superman and Lois. He's now a part of it. And I feel like there's a lot that can be done still in this show. But once that has run out, then take him to his own show. Maybe after two or three seasons. Yeah, may, yeah. It, what worries me is we've got we've got a sizable cast with a pretty good range of different things going on across these different characters. And it always worries me when we start adding too many things yes. too soon then it's a lot for a viewer to have to keep tabs on. It can be exhausting and it can also get boring. Yeah. And that's why I'm concerned with Natalie's arrival. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because now we have Lois, Superman, John, Jordan, Sarah, Lana, Kyle, Steele, Natalie, and then whatever villain they, they introduce. Oh, also Beppo. Beppo and in the, the Gazette, we also have, um, uh, Sergeant Lane. That's like yeah. that's like eleven people. Exactly, and that's like, why I was like thinking is like lot. that's why I was like thinking taking John Henry out to start because you're supposed if this is going to be the new era of DC's television, right? Yeah. And you start with Superman. Start with the big cast, but have at least one or two of those cast members go off into the sunset. And start setting up for their own series. I, well, they can start doing that theoretically during season two you, and getting him ready. And then maybe by season yeah. three, you take him out. There you go. Yeah. You, you kind of have to have somewhere between Gilligan's Island and <laughs> the Brady Bunch. Like, that's your range of face characters. We also now know your age range as well, <laughs> which is much older than you actually are. <laughs> All right. Let's go to a quick break and then we'll get into the rest actually no we'll get into final thoughts which did he did it to them i mean the lights were on out here while he was safe in there get more from us and other hosts on rain man digital by subscribing to our patreon page when you join our patreon page you help us stay on the air and you get more content when you pledge just five dollars a month you will gain access to hundreds of hours of additional geek eccentric podcast including an upcoming discussion and breakdown that David and I are doing on DC, Superman, Red and Blue, as well as the upcoming Superman vs. Lobo. So head over to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. 
All right, welcome back, everyone, to DC and RMD, the Superman and Lois edition. Be sure to find us on iTunes. Just search Superman and Lois or DC on RMD if you want to gain um, access to all of our DC contents that are available free. Also, five-star ratings. It helps us get seen by more eyes. We need those reviews and five-star ratings. It allows us to do more as a show. The more ratings we can show potential sponsors that we have. Okay, so let's get into final thoughts. David, I've been making you go last for a while. So <laughs> let's start with you. Keep it brief. Okay. We're approaching our time here. Uh, briefly. And also give me your final thoughts on the episode and also your thoughts on the overall season. On the overall season. So do you want us to give a score two for the whole season? No, I'll combine the numbers later that okay. you guys gave me. Um, For this particular episode, it's... One of the lowest uh, scored episodes I think I know about since we covered covered this entire season. Do you want me to remind you what your ratings have been so far? Would you mind? Episode one was 90%. Episode two was 92. Episode three was 89. I will say that the first five episodes, all of us were giving it close to 90s, 90s. or high 90s. And then after episode seven, we started dropping to the 80s. Yes. Um, episode five was 88 that was your lowest score up to that point. Episode six was 88. Episode seven was 98. Episode eight was 88. Episode nine was 88. Episode 10 was 95. Episode 11 was 92. Episode 12 was 85. Episode 13 was 90. And episode 14 was 85%. Yeah, I think, I think my least favorite was that 85 because that was the Diggle episode. And yeah, that was episode 12. That was all of our lowest Mm-hmm. Then it makes sense with my score that I put for this one because I gave this one an 86. Okay. Um, I do have issues just like what you said, 100%. However, just how this writing team, this writing room has given us arguably one of the best renditions of Superman we've ever seen in the last, what, five to ten years? I don't know if I go as far as ten but probably like at least five because yeah. like, well, what's come bef- within 10 years. I would, I would take this rendition of Superman over man of steel. I, I love man of steel. I and I love man of steel, but too. I think this is better, but this is a better, I, I, I don't disagree with that. No, the, the reason why, the reason why I put this above man of steel is because this is honestly a love letter to the, to the character of Superman, because up to this point, I was thinking about this and trying to think of the summary of this whole season and this episode. Superman has always been portrayed as his powers is, is the only thing that basically make him special. He flies super strength. They never dive into the character of him. They never dive into what makes him a good person. We only get you know? glimpses or tastes of it. Um, in, in all of the Superman films, um, and nothing and like nothing this. like this. Not if, like you take, if you take Superman one, two, Superman Returns, and Man of Steel, you get everything this season did. Everything this uh, season yes. did. Agreed. And in this season, this show did all that, and that's why, in particular, I'm really happy for this for this show. It's arguably top. I'll I'll say it's the second favorite show of mine when it comes to superhero shows. Okay, that so that includes Marvel. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. okay. All okay. right. Well, eighty-six percent. So, um, 
David, I think your average might come out to be 89. 89? About an 89 or a 90, I think. Yeah, for the season. Okay. That's not too bad. Uh, Steve, go ahead. So I'm going to give this one an 85 because, you know, Mike, you and I talked about it before we, yeah. we you know, earlier in the week. I, I have big issues, like we mentioned, about how they handled the closure of the Eradicator and how it, they brought in Natalie. I would have been just as happy if that little alien ship landed and Richard Pryor crawled out <laughs> of it. Out. Like that, I hate to say it, yeah. It, yeah. That would have bumped my score up to a solid 90. I feel sorry. He just walks out two keys at I the feel, same time. <laughs> I, feel, I feel so sorry for that character and that actress because she's got a hill to climb now. She does. And, it, you know, in fairness to her, it would have been unfortunate if her only job in, in this series was to play the victim and, and and to play the the driving force for the her father figure in the show to reach his ultimate goals that would have sucked for her as an actress and as a character but you know it just that was a detractor for me so yeah, absolutely i think we're all on the same page honestly oh yeah so you gave it an 85 you said yeah okay i'm going to i guess be lower than all of you 84% it's still a good episode. I was satisfied. I was not upset. I was not disgruntled. I was a little disappointed in a few things, but after I you know, was able to get out of my own Superman head and reevaluate the episode for, based on what was given and what, and reminding myself what the concept of the show was yeah. and the thematic elements that pretty much was used to govern the entire narrative for the first season I was able to look at this through a different lens, a little more positive. And yeah, it's an 84%. And honestly, the first season is a huge success. And I feel like all the writers should be very happy with what they churned out for the very first season. I do feel, judging by our scores, I do feel like that COVID break fucked them up. Oh, I agree I think wholeheartedly. So. I think so something too, yeah. happened. Maybe they lost their flow and they had to kind of reevaluate, reevaluate things or possibly, you know, sometimes it's not great to rewrite on the fly. Maybe they're like, hey, we have some time. Let's change some things around. And when you do that, sometimes it doesn't work that, quite well with what you already had started. That can be a dangerous, slippery slope. Yeah. Cause then you start second guessing yourself. Yes. And, you know, you always, they always say like your first guess or your first choice when taking a test is probably the right one. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. I, no, there's some validity to that. Absolutely. So, all right, this does bring us to the end. I want to thank everyone for sticking with us through the first season of Superman and Lois. We will be back 2022 with the second season discussion. And if you want more DC content and you're just subscribed to our Superman and Lois edition, you can search for our regular feed DC on RMD and you will gain access to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other discussions that we've done throughout the last seven years. Also, Patreon, if you want additional content and top of that, as well as ongoing discussions we add every single month for Patreon subscribers, patreon.com slash Rainman Digital. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, David. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Who are you, bitches? Mother of God. Would you look at the time when you came here? You had an hour. 